Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Okay, we're going to be in Psalm 67 this morning, and um, I really feel like this is an uh, important psalm, and, and even um, the story I shared, like it does fit in. Um, and so I want to read the psalm for us, and then just go through the verses and kind of I have some points and, and stories that fit along with it. Um, so it's Psalm 67, and let me read this for us. It says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And I feel like the psalm is so powerful and important for the church um, but just as Christians individually, because the foundation of the psalm is found in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 12, where God um, calls Abram, or Abraham, and he makes a covenant with him, and he makes him this promise. He says uh, that Abram, he will ble- he, that God will bless him, and that through him all the families of the earth will be blessed. And Abraham was meant to be a blessing, and so was Israel. And the psalm serves as a reminder to Israel and really to us this morning that we're not to forget our own calling. That the the blessing God gave Abraham, that he gave Israel, the, the same one that we received, it was not ever meant for ourselves alone, but for everyone, and specifically the nations. And this is true for us today. And in the first three verses, um, as I read this, and um, it reminded me of this story, which isn't necessarily a story, but happened last week. And um, so I played softball on Wednesday nights, and something really big happened in my life. I hit a home run in softball. So it's a big deal because, and it was out of the park, it wasn't inside the fence. Okay, I've hit those before, and that's like, eh, whatever. Like, but it was over the fence, and I was shocked. My whole team was shocked, and it was crazy. But little did they know, I had been um, like here and there watching some videos about like how to hit better, and I had a baseball bat in my uh, living room, and I like swing it from time to time, and so all these things helped me in this moment just crush the ball and go yard. So I was so excited, and. Um, I was reminded of that when I read these verses, this first few verses, because it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face shine upon us, so that your way may be known on the earth or saving power among all nations. And so as Christians, like the saving power, God's grace, his salvation, which if you are a Christian, you have received, that should be evident in your life. Like his salvation and what that looks like, how he saved you, that should change you and really change the way you live. And, and people should see that and say, man, there's something different about that person. 
And so I shared the story about the home run because they noticed something was different. You know, it was evident. I hit the ball at the park, right? But it was also because I've been studying and doing these things. Like, there is change happening in me. And salvation changes us from the inside out and transforms our lives. And so as God blesses us, that's the first thing we look at. As he blesses us and we're to bless others, salvation isn't something that we keep to ourselves. It should be something we use to bless others with. God's saving power was never meant to be something we keep for ourselves and we experience on our own and we experience him working in our lives and we're excited about it. When those things happen, we share, we're supposed to share testimonies and encourage others with how the Lord has been working in our lives. And the outcome of this, you'll see in verse 3 and also in verse 5, is that the psalmist always leads to praise. And it's not just a certain type of person or individual, but it's all peoples. And this is important because when we think about God blessing us to bless others, he's referring to all peoples. It was never just Abraham and the Israelites. It was always all the nations, every tribe, every tongue. Everyone would be blessed because God was blessing his people. And he used the Israelites to do that. And he's using Christians today to do that. So verse 3 then says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples Praise you. Blessing uh, brings happiness. I'm stealing this from Luke. He used it at Lee and Grace's wedding, but he said, Blessing should bring happiness in our lives. And blessing, and I think what that means is blessing allows us to praise, and um, praise causes happiness. And, um, and so, in, in that, in the blessing, there, it should lead us to praise the Lord in what better way than the, the specifically his saving power and his salvation. And we can use that to bless others. So in these first three verses, we see even a specific way in which we can then bless others. When I was uh, in India uh, a couple years ago, um, one of the amazing things that I got to see was, um, well, let me backtrack. The the worst part was the caste system that exists there. And um, of all these different classes, and you don't get to choose. You're born into part of the system, and and that's where you are. are. And we were working with a lot of the Dali, which is uh, the the lowest part of the caste system there. And um, though that is sad and it's hard to be there and witness and, and see the the um, amazing thing was seeing tender heart ministries work in the midst of this. And um, Francis Pitigue has been here and spoken to us, and many of you have probably met him or heard him. Um, if you haven't, he leads this organization called Tender Heart in India, and they minister to uh, the Dalits in the, in the lowest part of the caste system. They love on these little children. They give them education. Um, they give them food. And they really befriend these kids and, and create relationships with them. And when I was there, um, these verse 4 and 5, um, as I'm reading this, just connected so well with this because in the scripture, in verse 4, it says, Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. And equity means uprightness or fairness, meaning God um, doesn't just judge people how he chooses, but he shows no partiality when he judges. Everybody's on a level playing field. 
and that's equality. And you could view it as God's kingdom of equality. And when I was in India, I got to witness how this actually works, how when these little kids are brought into Tenderheart in the classrooms, they have these uniforms. They all have the same uniform. It's clean. They're all given food. They're all given the same type of education, whereas they otherwise would never receive these things because of how they were born. And that's just such inequality when you think about the system that's been in place for hundreds of years or longer. And But the kingdom of God... Um, should be a light in this darkness. And what this verse is telling us is that we are to be a light in the darkness of inequality by sharing the good news of the kingdom of equality. And that's what Tenderheart was doing with these kids. They were showing them what real equality looks like. They were sharing the gospel with them and helping these kids view kind of shift of Instead of this is the way things are, seeing it, maybe this isn't how it's supposed to be, but more importantly, seeing how this is how it is for God and his people, and I want to be a part of that. And so kids are saved and families are saved through this ministry because they're loving these kids and and they're showing, uh, being this example. So I saw how God uses his people at Tenderheart to display himself and his blessing of being judged fairly. There was no partiality at Turned Heart, and there's none in God's kingdom. It's one of equality. And I think if, as Christians, we're truly to uh, believe and pray, uh, God, let thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, then we should be people who stand in the face of inequality to be a blessing to others. Like Tenderheart, we must testify and bless others with the good news of the gospel and how all have a place at his table, not just a certain type of person. And it's a challenge for us, I think, to invite people into our lives who we otherwise wouldn't. Maybe it's because um, different races or because of different social status or different political views, or you could go down a list but if we actually believe in God's kingdom and that everyone is, is judged fairly, then uh, we should be inviting people into our homes who we otherwise never would have. And um, that's a challenge because it's easier to invite people in our homes who are just like us. And, and as I read through the verse, I'm praying through this, I, I think, man, that's, that's even hard for us. I mean, Brooke are talking, we're like, you know, how often do we invite people into our lives? Well, period, <laughs> you know, and that's a challenge. But more importantly, if, if we want to stand for equality, then we need to be people who love on others, not like us, and, and invite people into our lives to stand in the face of that. When I think about our own country and the inequality that exists, uh, pay gaps between men and women, uh, children and women who are sold into sex trafficking, like that happens in our country. This is such inequality. And the only thing that can combat this oppression is the good news of the gospel. And the only thing that can, can be used or that God uses is his people to love on others and to share the good news of God's kingdom of equality. So the good news is that God judges people with equity, with fairness, 
The challenge is that we have to then preach that. We have to stand up and speak out where we see inequality, and we have to help create equality like tender heart, loving children or adults or these things and bringing them into our lives. And the amazing thing is that in these verses, uh, verse 4, there's, it's a picture of God as a king, right? Imagine a king on a throne judging people, you know, and maybe a king back in the day didn't judge so fairly, but he was like, you know, you get this and you get that or not. But God does judge fairly. Each person judges equally. But he doesn't just judge people from his throne. He also guides the nations. And this might be just as important. In the second half of verse 4, it says, and uh, sorry, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. And guiding people, it makes me think of somebody being with you, walking alongside you, it is a relationship. So God doesn't just stand far back and, and just judge us, even though it's fair, but he comes next to us and he guides us. And that is such a blessing, right? But then, again, there's the challenge for us because we're supposed to bless others. We're supposed to be in relationship with other people. We're supposed to walk alongside people. And similar to how God, when he guides others, he's a uh, shepherd who cares. And in Psalm 23, we, we see how uh, the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. There's never the wanting with the Lord. There's never a need. He's always providing. He's guiding. He's um, in relationship to provide so that we don't lack anything. And I think um, in our relationships and if we're to bless people with this idea, then we also have to be in prayer for who are the people who are lacking in our lives and how can we help them? <laughs> And maybe that's material, you know, kind of blessing people. Maybe it's spiritual. But it's an important thing for us to, to look at. And the encouragement is that God is the one who sets that basis, that he is the one guiding all the nations on the earth. And then in verse 5, the people rejoice again. This is important. Praise always follows after the, the blessing or in the blessing. And it's not just certain type. It's all people's praising God for these things. The focus is continually on all the peoples of the earth rejoicing and experiencing the blessing of God. In these ways, his saving power, his grace or salvation, his righteous rule, judging and fairness and, and the equality and his shepherding guidance, his relationship with us. And as we come to verses six through seven, we see this last kind of this blessing that the Lord um, has for his people. And um, before I read that, in, in Psalm 24, one, um, we see that it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So knowing this, and then looking at verse 6, where it says, The earth has yielded its increase, and God our God shall bless us. We see that the increase on the earth is caused by God alone. He provides for the earth and for those who live in it. And God blesses the peoples of earth by providing for them. And this is something that we long for. We, lo we long for provision in our lives 
in many different ways. We long for um, someone to care for us and, and to be there for us. And the encouragement is that God is the shepherd who will care and, and guide for us. And he will also provide for us. And I remember um, this was right before I moved here, actually, a few months before I'd finished graduating high school or college. And um, I needed a car. I've never had a car before. And so I just remember praying and I'm saving money. I'm like, where am I going to get a car? Like, and at the time, I'm working for this general contractor. And one day, it's a Saturday, I'm not working with them, and I'm helping my dad do some stuff. I get a call from him, and he says, hey, how's it going? I said, good, you know, I'm doing work, you know, my dad or whatever. He said, hey, why don't you come down to um, so-and-so auto shop? I bought you a car, and it's all paid for. And I was like, what? Like, this guy, I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I bought you a car. It's all paid for. I was like, What? So then I drive down there, I'm like, what? I get there, and um, sure enough, as I pull up, I'm like, that's definitely the car, because it was like a beater, you know? I'm like, like <laughs> if he bought me like a nice one, that'd be nice, but I'm like, okay, I can't take that, you know? So I get there, and he's like, man, I, I bought you this car, I want you to have it, I want to bless you with this car, and it, that's exactly what it was, it was a blessing, and it lasted me about two years, and it was amazing. I, I drove all the way from Boston out here to Chicago area, and on prayer, driving like 55 miles an hour, because if I go above that, I'd probably die. Um, but uh, I think the thing in here that's amazing is that, um, one, God had provided for me. Um, God had blessed me, but it wasn't just like God had blessed me. It was that my uh, general contract, the guy I'm working for, he wanted to bless me. This guy was a Christian. He got it. He got the idea of God blessing us to be a blessing to others. He knew that, man, I had the resources in me and the ability to do this for this guy. Um, and it was a big deal because he was my Sunday school teacher growing up. And um, he taught me to pray before every meal because he said, if you eat before you pray, it's devil's food. So now I remember that every time, and I pray before I eat, and um, it's a joke. Obviously, it's not devil's food, um, but it was a cool moment because he, I, he had been with me and helped me as I grew up, and, and he, now he blessed me with that, and as the psalmist brings the psalm back around, six and seven are paralleled to one and two. Similar idea, because he says the earth has yielded its increase. God is providing this increase. He is providing abundant provision for the earth and all the people in it. And he cares for each of our needs. He cares for wherever you're at, and he wants to provide for you. It says, God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. It's a prayer knowing that God will bless us because he's promised that. He promised it to Abraham even before the psalm was written. And this illustration is simply to challenge us and share us and encourage us that uh, it really is true, that when God blesses us, uh, we can bless others, and it's powerful. And it's not just to pat ourselves on the back and make us feel good, but it's so that his saving power would be made known among the nations. And that's what it says in verse 2. God blesses us to bless others so that his name would be made known because now I have a testimony that I've shared with a lot of different people who aren't even Christians. And I tell them, man, God provided this car for me. This is how. And they're like, what? That's crazy. I never heard it. I'm now attributing it, attributing it to God. 
and his grace. And, and, the, and obviously, my boss had to act in obedience, and that's part of it. But he also wanted and desired to bless me in the process. But it was, it was God who really provided, uh, in this instance, the, the car for me. So we knew as the people of God, um, we have been blessed by God to be a blessing to the nations, to all peoples. That's what the psalm is telling us. What we have been given and what we have received from God shouldn't be kept to ourselves. It should be used for the good of others around us, our neighbors, our friends, family, our co-workers, strangers. We are to have a role as mediators in proclaiming his name among the nations. To tell of his saving power. To tell of his righteous rule, his guidance, how he desires a relationship with us and his abundant provision in our lives. Each of us can think and testify to these things. No matter who the person is, because the kingdom of God has no partiality, there's no distinctions, and this is because of what Jesus Christ did. Galatians 3.38 says that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. How amazing is that? That God broke the dividing wall of hostility and inequality and created this, this community where anybody can come to the table and belong to it. Anybody can receive the blessing of God, can receive that promise if they just come to know Christ Jesus as their Savior. All have a place in God's kingdom through this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus paid with his life so that all could come and have a place at his table. So that all could be blessed by God. And we must be the catalyst in which his blessing is displayed and lived out upon the earth. I'm going to pray for us. And uh, we're going to move into a time of communion. And maybe it's a time where... Um, if you never thought about this idea before of, of what does it look like for me to actually use the blessings God has given me to bless others, it's spiritual, it's material, as I've shared, um, and, and we have giftings in these things. Some of us have more resources or materials than others. Some of us have more faith or maybe just a spiritual sense, but what does it look like for you in your lives to bless others, not just keep the blessing to yourself? Um, that Israel did a lot of times. But what does it look like for us to then uh, serve others in this way, to love on others and bless them? So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for Psalm 67. What a challenge it is, God, but a, a good reminder for us, Lord, that um, we were never meant to keep what you've given us to ourselves um, that as we enjoy blessings from you and we are led to just praise you because of it, God, it was never to just stay there, but then to share that blessing, Lord. And to also, Father, pray and hope that others would see God blessing us and be drawn to that as it is just evident in our lives, as they see a change in who we are and in the way we go about life, Lord. And so, God, I pray for each and everyone here in their hearts. I, I pray, Lord, that you would um, guide us, Lord, to who you want us to bless this week. Lord, maybe even today or tomorrow, Father.
I pray we would be active in listening to your spirit, to listening to where he's leading us, God. We were blessed to be a blessing, Father. Show us who we are to be a blessing to as we leave here this morning. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.